What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Week 5 edition of The Cut. Sean, Christian, and Randy are here for all of your mediocre fantasy football advice. Boys, how are we doing on this lovely Thursday night? I'm doing really well. I'm really excited for the, the Thursday night matchup tonight. I think it's it's going to be a good game. It's not going to be as good as last week, but um, I'm interested, to say the least. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Rams at the Seahawks. Should be a good NFC West matchup. We did touch on it a little bit in our last episode, so if you'd like to hear us talk a little bit about that game, go ahead and go back and listen to that one. Randy, how you doing, bud? Doing great. Ready to get this going. I'm super ready to watch this game because I think it'll be 45-plus points on the board, so maybe it'll do something interesting while I'm at work. So you're not just ready, you're super ready? I'm super ready. All right, I just had to clarify. I can only be a little bit more ready in life. So we'll go ahead and get started here. As always, if you'd like to support the podcast, shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Cut FFL and like and share us on Facebook at the Cut FFL and subscribe to us everywhere that you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor. We got it all. Uh, we're just going to go through our week five previews. We'll go through our starts and sits of the week leading into week five. Christian will give you his Shane Falco of the week. He'll be, he's going to be bringing that back, and we'll, I'll be giving you my suit-ups going into the week. So we'll go ahead and get started here. Uh, the 1 o'clock game slate for this Sunday looks like this. Bears, Raiders in London, Patriots, Redskins, Titans, Bills, Buccaneers, Saints, Bengals, Cardinals, Jaguars, Panthers, Jets, Eagles, Falcons, Texans, Ravens, Steelers, and Giants, Vikings. There are 10 games at the 1 o'clock slate. One of the things I think we should take note of going into these games are the Buccaneer and Saints game. The Buccaneers coming off a huge win at L.A. in week four. The question, Christian, I'm going to pose to you, can Mike Evans and Chris Godwin continue their success that we saw from both of them last week versus a Saints secondary that just shut down the Cowboys and specifically Amari Cooper? I don't think you're going to get that level of production, but I think that you can still play these guys. Uh, the Saints secondary is very good. Uh, like I said, I thought the first three weeks were kind of um, out of character for them because they weren't extremely phenomenal against the pass. But, I mean, I think that Godwin's going to get his every week. I think that Godwin is the safer play. Um, I think if the Saints try to shut anyone down, it's actually going to be Evans because he is that big play uh, touchdown threat. So I think that You can slide both of them in your lineup. You probably won't get wide receiver one. Eh, You might get wide receiver one um, production out of both of them, but I guess uh, you'll have to take that risk. Yeah, I mean, Randy, if you're Sean Payton, do you put Lattimore on Godwin or do you stick him on Evans still? I think you still have to put him on Evans. Uh, He's the one that's going to beat you. Godwin's a great receiver, but – you should be able to contain him at least a bit. Yeah, I mean, I think Evans probably has the size advantage, uh, especially against Lattimore. But these guys still, like Christian said, could probably potentially put up wide receiver one numbers uh, this week. And who knows? There could have been a changing of the guard where you probably will see a lot of their both of these guys in the top 15 most weeks. But Chris Godwin could be the higher play that you want to have every week. On the Saints side, uh, you could probably still, I mean, you feel safe playing Kamara, safe playing Michael Thomas. I think Teddy Bridgewater is an interesting look here in this game because while the Buccaneers had a great win 
at L.A. I mean, Jared Goff still put up 500 yards. So it'll be interesting to see how the Saints want to attack the Buccaneers' defense. I know Christian seems to believe in the Tampa Bay defense a little bit more than Randy and I do. But that's something to note is if you need uh, – if you're in a two-quarterback league, you're looking for someone to stream this week with Stafford on a bye, Bridgewater could be a play. And you could be – you could feel okay with the production that he's going to have. Another game I'm taking a look at is Falcons and the Texans. Randy, does this feel like DeAndre Hopkins get right game? I think it has to. If he doesn't – I mean, obviously he's still a top talent in the league, but he has to get it right this game because it's a great matchup, especially with Neil out. I just don't see how he doesn't have a big game. I think Watson's going to do his best to bounce back and right the ship here. I mean, going into the year, you would think that this game's going to be a shootout, but the Falcons' offense hasn't been that good, and the Texans' offense hasn't been that good. But I would probably agree. I think Watson comes out, and I don't think they're going to use the run a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of passing game stuff, so I think – uh, Watson could definitely be a top five play, kind of get back to where you drafted him as. And then uh, Will Fuller, Kenny Stills, both of them could possibly be usable. I mean, the Falcon secondary has been getting torched. So it's something that you can take a look at if you need a play, any kind of flex play, if you're in a multiple flex league or something like that. Will Fuller especially, could uh, he could have a couple deep balls and he could put up 15 to 18 points just based on three catches and a couple touchdowns on the Falcons side. You have to think at some point, Matt Ryan's going to get it right. Christian, how much do you trust Matt Ryan this week? Um, I think that he'll have a solid game. I mean, Matt Ryan is a, a top 10 quarterback in this league, despite the fact that he can't get the ball to his best receivers and his best weapons right now. He's, he's getting it done. Um, he's getting the ball to Austin Hooper. He's getting the ball to Muhammad Sanu for some reason. I think that you can trust Matt Ryan, but it might be a little more worrisome trying to trust those two receivers. I think I think Julio does have a big game this week. I think that Ridley has an okay game. I think you can put Ridley in the flex. I think that you can start Julio as normal. Um, but I still like Hooper this week, and, and I do like Matt Ryan. I think this is going to be more of a high-scoring game than most people expect. Randy, do you think Devontae Freeman finds the end zone for the first time? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't. I just don't trust him right now. I, I know we've had some good comments about him. I do think he's a great player, but I think with Edo Smith coming back, it's kind of capped his upside. Yeah, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I think the, the trends have been going up for Freeman the past two weeks. He has something like 32 fantasy points in his last two games. He's been he was especially used out of the backfield um, with Matt Ryan in Week Four, so I think he does find the end zone. And I I'm gonna make a call that I think it's on a pass. I think they have some kind of pass play, whether it's a uh, route straight out of the backfield or a screen. I think he does find the end zone. And another game I'm kind of interested in is Giants Vikings, specifically for the fact that that Vikings offense seems to be in shambles right now. You have Adam Thielen calling out Kirk Cousins for not getting the ball to him. You have Safan Diggs not requesting a trade, but saying there are there's truth to the rumors that he wants to be traded. And I don't know, I don't know what to think. 
obviously this is kind of a game script where you could expect that they want to feed Dalvin Cook. But at the same time, I think Adam Thielen is going to get a lot of catches because I, with coming out and saying what he said, they're going to try to use him. Christian, do you kind of agree with that? Yeah, uh, <laughs> I actually put Kirk Cousins in one of my DraftKings lineups this week, which is probably the boldest thing I've ever done. But I really do think that this, <laughs> out of any game that they're going to play um, this year, this is the one that they can start to, I guess, tilt more towards the passing game because they have been so run heavy. And, and I think that's what Thielen was getting at, is that you can't be a one-dimensional team and win in the NFL at least – in today's NFL. So I think that this is the game that they try to get Kirk Cousins going early. Um, they're still going to use Cook. Cook's still a very solid play this week, but I think Thielen will have a big game. <laughs> I don't know if, if Kirk Cousins can sustain two top wide receivers, so I'm not super excited about Diggs this week. But, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you've got to trust that Thielen's going to get the ball at some point, right? I'm actually kind of surprised that you have – Cousins in the DraftKings lineup, seeing that you have a bunch of NFC North quarterback hate in your heart. Yeah, he's a bum, but I yeah. mean, he he fit the uh, the salary cap. So you know what? Just for that, Jesus. I hope he has a bad game just to spite you. Okay, <laughs> can't wait for can't wait for our Saturday episode now. <laughs> Jesus hey, Christ! That's why I'm not a part of it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, do you guys have any other of the one o'clock game? Any kind of matchups or anything like that that you're interested in seeing? Uh, Randy, do you have anything else on there? Uh, I think for a fantasy standpoint, the Bengals-Cardinals could be fun. Uh, I think uh, there's a lot of upside. Fun for might not be the right word you want to use there. Well, I mean, it's two teams that have awful defenses, and there's going to be a ton of plays. This could be a get-right game for Joe Mixon. We've seen everyone run on the Cardinals. We could see even emergence from Tyler Eifert this week because of how bad they cover the tight ends. I yeah, think it could be really a good watch that game and have fun. Well, no, I won't watch the game because I'm going to watch <laughs> the first quarter of the Patriots game and then switch to something else. Probably <laughs> Raven Steelers. Uh, but that, <laughs> I mean, like Fitzgerald should have a huge week. Kirk's most mm-hmm. likely not playing. I and Johnson should run all over the Bengals as well. I, I really, I'm excited as a fantasy standpoint. I could probably I could probably agree that this should be a shootout. I mean, both defense are defenses are garbage, and a lot of the skilled players probably will put up a lot of fantasy points, like you're saying. I mean, I'm starting Tyler Boyd. I'm starting Joe Mixon. I'm start. I'm even starting Auden Tate in a couple leagues for the Bengals side, and then on the Cardinals yeah. side, Kyler's a good play. David Johnson, Fitzgerald is going to get all the targets with no Kirk, and it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, kind of what that final score is, but I would agree with you that at least fantasy-wise, that should be a good game, good production game for guys that you're starting in your lineups. Yeah. Hold on. I had one more question. What do you guys think about Robbie Anderson this week going against the Eagles, with or without Darnold? I'd avoid it for now. I know they're coming off a bye, but if it is Luke Falk, you don't want any part in that passing game for the Jets. Well, do you? I mean, because we we know both these teams have great rush defenses, and Justice got healthier, they should be better. But the Eagles' secondary is on their sixth and seventh string people. Are, are we just not going to trust at least someone there? <laughs> I, no, I think it's that. Bad, but go ahead, Christian. I I think that 
if you're gonna trust anyone, it's gotta be Crowder still. Um, I know that Robbie Anderson kind of emerged as Falk's favorite target before they hit the bye. I don't know that I'm playing too heavy into that right now. Um, I think that you wait one more week on Robbie Anderson and you're disappointed if he does have a big game, but I, I just can't see Luke Falk sustaining any production. I mean, even even the Eagles' bad secondary might be better than Luke Falk passing the ball. Yeah. So. yeah they, they should be down is my thing. They should be down. The, the Jets should mm-hmm. be down. And I just don't think Bell's going to be able to run on this defense. Right, but for Anderson, it seems like for any quarterback not named Darnold, he's a – you need big play production. And I just don't see that coming from Luke Falk. Yeah, I agree. I just wanted to get a feel of the situation. It's probably something that obviously I think you still hold Robbie Anderson and you hold out hope that once Darnold does start to practice and comes back into the game that Darnold is a guy that you draft – or. Anderson becomes the guy that you drafted him to be, knowing that Sam Darnold was going to be the one throwing to him. Yeah, he's sitting on my dynasty bench right now. I can't start him. I'm starting Muhammad Sanu over him, which I don't want to do that either. It's probably fair. I mean, like I said, if they don't if they don't have Darnold this week, you probably don't want any shares of Anderson in your lineups. We'll move ahead to the four o'clock games. There's only two this week: Chargers and the Broncos, Packers at the Cowboys. We'll start with the Chargers and Broncos. Randy, Melvin Gordon was active in week four, but didn't see a touch. Anthony Lynn came out today and said that he is going to be a part of their plan going into this game. Do you think he puts up top 20 running back numbers, or is Eckler still an intriguing play for at least one more week? Uh, I could see a lot of situation here of them both putting up RB2 numbers. Because I, I don't think they're going to just hand Gordon the full workload. They just got him back last week, so they just now know what shape he's in. I'm sure he's ready. Don't get me wrong. And I'm sure he's going to get back to the RB1 performances. But I could definitely see them basically waiting a week to give him the full. So I think it's going to be 50-50. Christian, are you on the same page there? Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys know how much I like Eckler. I still think that he's going to hold value even once Melvin Gordon establishes himself as the clear one. I think that this week especially, you can roll Eckler out. I think I think both of these guys could end up near RB1s, um, but I think it's going to be more likely to that both of them end up RB2s. I think they're, they're fringe guys. The Broncos' rushing defense is just atrocious, so I think that they're both going to get work. I wouldn't be surprised to see Eckler roll out there first um, and then they work Gordon in, but I also wouldn't be shocked to see Gordon out there the first few possessions. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely confident starting both of them. Plus you take a look at their, uh, their wide receivers. It's Keenan Allen. And then it's no Dontrell Inman, probably no Mike Williams, no Travis Benjamin. It's it's, they have no, they don't have a ton yeah. of weapons that way. And, and no Hunter Henry. Yeah. Doesn't sound like Virgil Green's going to play, so you have to think that they're really going to lead on the lean on the running game. And the Broncos just gave up 220 yards to Leonard Fournette last week. So 25, no, uh, 225, and <laughs> and the Chargers do have a better offensive line in total than the Jags. 
Yeah, and you and you would have to think that the game script is going to be in their favor. They're going to want to run the ball. It, they're going to get up by a couple touchdowns, and then they're probably going to want to use both Eckler and Gordon. So I'm probably I'm probably with Christian. You could probably start them both as RB twos. I know I'm starting Eckler in a league still as an RB two, and I, I still feel pretty good about it. The other game we're taking a look at is Packers and the Cowboys. I mean, the question that everybody's going to ask is, how does this Cowboys offense bounce back? They're, they did not. They looked terrible against the Saints on Sunday Night Football last week. I, I don't know what it was. Maybe Peyton just drew up a game plan and the Cowboys had no idea what to do. But the question is, how, Randy, do you think Dak, Cooper, and Elliott are still top 10 plays at their positions this week? Uh, I think Zeke is. I think last week the Cowboys are really dependent on Zeke. I think that's what we kind of showed. When they face a decent to good team. And obviously they have a they have a tough matchup this week, but the Packers just got gashed by Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders last week for a combined 150, I believe, just on the ground. I think Zeke could have a really good game, and if he's working, the play action works. And Cooper, he has a tough matchup, especially if he gets double teamed here, but I expect big things from Zeke this week at least. Yeah, and then obviously if you have Zeke, you're starting him. It's not a, it's not a matter of that. It's – how much do you temper your expectations taking a look at what happened last week where he really saved his fantasy day by plunging in a one-yard touchdown but also fumbled and and that whole like I said that whole offense struggled and Christian for the wide receivers I know you and I are kind of on the same page with Michael Gallup we think he's a really good player if he does play this week do you trust him enough to start him or are you leaving him on the bench I think I've got to leave him on the bench this week um just because I don't know how healthy he really is. Um, he's probably looking at Amari and seeing him play through uh, whatever injury that Amari still has, probably all of the injuries. Um, That's like and, a foot, it's an ankle, who the hell knows? Yeah, so, I mean, I think he sees that and thinks, man, I have to get my ass out there. And he, I, I don't know that he does. I don't. I know everyone's really high on the Packers and their defense, but I think they were exposed a little bit last week, and and I think that Dallas is going to get it right. The game last week, the Saints looked like they knew every single play that the Cowboys were about to run, and I don't know why that that occurred, but I don't think it's going to occur again. This Dallas offense is still really good, um, but I don't I don't think I want to start Gallup just yet next week for sure. And I think the fact that it's at AT&T probably plays a factor there, too. Mm-hmm. On the Packers' side, Devontae Adams doesn't look like he's going to play this week. So, Randy, do you have a preference between Valdez Scantling and Geronimo Allison? Uh, I think long-term MVS, just because he's shown that he's the wide receiver, two in those sets. But I think this week it's got to be Allison. He's going to have a better matchup, and he should – be open more and he should have more of a trust with Rodgers so I I think they're going to try and run the ball heavy but I think the Cowboys assume that as well so I'm if I have to pick one it's Allison yeah Aaron Jones could definitely be a top 15 to 18 play this week and you could maybe start both but I would probably lean Allison also and then Jimmy Graham if if for teams that are tight end needy Graham, I think, is a good play this week. I know uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but he, I think he can. I think he's going to catch another touchdown. So we'll move on here to the Sunday night game, Colts at the Chiefs. I think this is going to be a better game than people expect. I really do. I think the Colts can kind of hang with them. But Randy, 
do you feel that Brissett and the Colts can keep up with the with the Chiefs points wise to make this game interesting? Uh, if they can hold the Chiefs to about thirty points, I think they can stay with that score rate. I don't think they can get much more. I'm not sure Hilton actually plays this week. I know they kind of need the win, but I just don't think they're going to try and rush him out because he's their real playmaker. But they have injuries all through the receiving core I and Max banged up. I'm not sure if they can keep up with all the injuries, but I do like him this week. My only problem is I think there's only been one game in the last few years that there's been a top quarterback in Arrowhead going against the Chiefs because it's just so hard to play there. I do like Brissett, but if he doesn't get three touchdowns, I don't know I don't know if he has a good game. Yeah, I mean, I know I like him this week. Again, we'll get into that a little bit later. Christian, for the Chiefs' backfield, do you trust any of them this week? Um, I think if I'm trusting anyone, and I can't believe I'm saying this out loud, it's going to be Shady McCoy. Um, oh, I was hoping it would be Damian. Yeah, Williams. I thought it was the other no, one. No. <laughs> I was so excited. No, I, I never will trust Damian Williams, but I can't imagine that I would ever trust Shady McCoy. I, I honestly think that he looked good last week. Um, he was utilized very well. I think that he looks sharper than I expected him to look this year, and it seems like he's um, getting his feet under him a little bit. So I think that they're going to – I, I don't know that they're going to use as much of a, a, a committee because of how good Shady looked. Maybe I'm wrong there. Maybe Shady's not even on the field as much as I expect. But I think that Shady's going to be a solid RB2 flex play this week. Shady was actually used less than Daryl Williams last week. And Damon Williams is back at practice this week. Same thing with week three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, I – I know, but I think that because they'll be uh, kind of working Damian back, I think that they'll trust McCoy more than they trust Daryl, which I disagree with. I think Daryl's really talented. I think Daryl should be on the field over Damian, but yeah, I think I'm not a coach. I think Daryl's the one that takes the biggest hit if if Damian is going to play, and I think both McCoy and Damian Williams could have some value uh, this week. And the last game we'll take a look at here uh, are Cleveland Browns at San Francisco on Monday night. Christian, you're a big believer this year in the 49ers defense, but this is really the first time they're going to be seeing a good offense that has a decent amount of weapons. Because you look at their first three weeks, it was Tampa Bay before Winston, Godwin, and Evans could all get on the same page. Evans was battling a stomach bug. Then they saw Cincinnati. And we know how Cincinnati's offenses looked through like those first couple of weeks. And then they saw the, the Steelers. So do you think that the Niners offense can shut down the Browns or do you think the Browns have a good, good game fantasy wise? That's tough. I mean, honestly, this is the week where we find out if the 49ers are contenders or pretenders. I truly believe that this is a tough matchup for them. I don't know that that secondary is going to look as good as it has. Um, but I also, don't feel comfortable rolling Jarvis out this week. And is he even I, playing? He's still in protocol, I think. Stay yeah. tuned for that segment. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, if, if Higgins plays, 
I wouldn't be comfortable rolling him out. I think the only person you can be super comfortable with is OBJ, and he's got a tough matchup ahead of him. I'm sure they'll put Sherman on him, and Sherman's been good this year. So I think that I'm cautiously optimistic that the Browns will be able to put some points up, but I I do really believe in this 49ers defense, so I'm just very hopeful. Randy, building off of that, is this a get-right game for Beckham after last week? I personally think it is. I think we hope it is, but if Landry's out and Higgins is out, I I mean, why wouldn't they double Odell with Higgins, Sherman and Higgins safety? did practice today, and keep in mind that the Browns are going to have Antonio Callaway for the first for the first time this year. He's yeah, fat, but do, <laughs> do you think? Uh, do, do I mean? Do you think the San Fran defense is scared of Callaway or Higgins? Really? I mean. To an extent, yeah, if you think about especially Higgins because he's Baker's already shown that Baker loves going to him. He went to him for the first couple drives in week one of this year, and Higgins had a lot of production last year, and then Callaway has shown that he can beat guys deep. I think that's, I yeah. think that's something that they have to keep in mind. It's, I, it's not I like those that, guys aren't talented. I think they have to keep him in mind, but I think, well, they do have a pretty good rush defense as well, so I hope Chubb could still dominate this week, but we'll see. But – I think they come in game planning to double team Odell and try and get him out of the game, which scares me because without Landry and without Joku and we don't throw it a we don't throw to Chubb at all, I'm concerned because we don't have had seven targets last week. Well, okay. Yeah, he, I mean that's lucky. I, I I don't trust last week for a whole season. I, I mean I, I think, think it's closer to what the Browns offense can be. It yeah. Damn. It can, but in that regard, Odell had like two catches. I don't know. I'm on. I'm on the side. I look at who the Niners played for the first three weeks. I don't. I don't think they're as good as people think they are. I think it's more the fact that they faced the Steelers with Mason Rudolph, the Bengals, and the Buccaneers before the Buccaneers started to get into what they want to do. So I. I personally, I would start. Obviously, start Beckham. Start Chubb. If Landry plays. After last week, it's hard not to start him. And if you're deep, where if you're in a deep league, I would be okay throwing out Higgins if he practices all week. Yeah, I would be too. I'm mostly scared of our tackles this week because I know the 49ers can get to the quarterback. And if we're down at all, we're going to be throwing a bunch. And I'm scared that Bose is just going to murder Mayfield all game. Hey, Plus, there's really, no guarantee that that Niners offense is as good as everybody thinks either. Really quick, over under two punches thrown by OBJ this week. Under. <laughs> under. We'll see. It's Sherman. <laughs> yeah, Sherman isn't the big bad bully that he that right. he had been in Seattle. Over under five sacks for the for the Niners. Yeah. Under. Over. I'm going oh. under. Well, if it's over. If it's over, it's a Browns loss. I'm oh, yeah, absolutely. Out. If it's that much, the Browns have no shot. So that'll do it for our Week 5 preview. We're going to go ahead and move in here. Christian, I understand you have an update that you want to let our listeners know about. Yeah, so we touched on it a little bit last episode, but we had a slap bet. So I am the lone believer in Derrick Henry as an RB1 this year, and these two don't <laughs> – think that it's going to happen. As of right now, Derrick Henry is the RB8 on the year, and that's in PPR leagues. Um, what what do you guys think of that? Christian? 
Yeah, Who's he does, got next? I, I will admit that I'm nervous to see where he's ranked after this week. But if he snags a touchdown, like I kind of expect him to do, um, then he might stay right around RB8. And I would be fully comfortable with uh, a fourth of the season gone and RB1 production. Randy, get that hand ready, baby. <laughs> I know. It took him almost 30 carries to just 27 to carries to get to 100 yards. Oh, my yards. God. He's being his rankings being bailed out by a bad performance by the Browns in Week One, and a seventy-five yard screen pass for a touchdown that will never happen again. I guarantee that he gets at least a forty-yard screen pass and takes to the house before the end of the season. That's that's way different than a seventy-five yard touchdown pass that you told me before that he was going to have again. I mean, he could. He's he's tempered expectations already. Oh, absolutely. Wait! Wait till next. Wait till next week's episode when he's RB twelve. Oh, I can't. I'll be, not wait. I'll be ready. I can't wait. Because then he'll explode for another like forty point fantasy game, and I'll be I'll be happy. He'll be the RB like four. Excellent. When does he play? When does he play the Dolphins? I don't know, dude. Oh, well, if he doesn't, he's not getting forty points. I can guarantee that. <laughs> he he did last year, like yeah. two weeks in a row against All the right. Jags team that quit. All right, boys. So Derrick Henry will be the RB 14 or 15 after this week. We can all settle on that. So I can't we'll go ahead. We'll take a quick break here, and then when we come back, we'll get into our start of the week going into week five. Welcome back to the cut. We'll get into our starts of the week going into week five. We'll start with the quarterbacks. Christian, who's the quarterback you're looking at starting? Yeah, I'm looking at starting Andy Dalton this week, and I, I know what that sounds like. But oh, it sounds bad. It doesn't, though. He's been a QB2 in every week except for last week uh, where he did have a bad game against the Steelers, but I think that was kind of expected going in. He has a really good matchup this week against the Cardinals, and despite the perception around Dalton, he's the QB19 on the year. That doesn't sound great, but that's a QB2 uh, production level. I think that he's going to be a top 12 guy this week, I think that the amount of plays that are going to be run in this game, on top of the fact that the Cardinals' defense is just atrocious, I think that Andy Dalton could probably be a top 10 guy this week, but I'll be I'll be cautious and make him top 12. I mean, let me put it this way. If he's not a top 12 guy this week, he's never going to be a top 12 guy. Jesus. Fair enough. I, uh, I believe I'm, in him a bit. My only problem is – with AJ Green and Ross out, I I think Tate could be a sneaky play, but I just don't know yet. He's been good the last two weeks, Tate. Yeah, yeah. and uh, no John Ross, like Randy said. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to call. Randy, uh, it looks like you're looking on the other side of that matchup. Yes, I am. Kyler Murray, uh, <laughs> Mason Rudolph even looked decent against this Bengals defense last week. I think he's going to have a top six performance. I think it's a little bit ballsy. I'm not sure. It's it's for me. It's like a 50-50 shot that he gets to the top six because they're they don't run the ball and he's just going to dominate. And and he runs the ball a lot too. Yeah, and he, he started too. He started and he's going yeah. he's going to throw forty plus times. I just don't see if he can. I see the touchdowns coming this week. I see a big week from Fitz. I and DJ. I, I really just think he's going to have a great week. And we my, touched on it a little bit earlier that we think this game is going to be high scoring. Yeah. yeah. My only concern with Kyler this week is the fact that Kirk is out and he's got to rely on Keyshawn and and uh, 
Sherfield and, and maybe Andy Isabella. So I think that that might be worrisome. And I, I still think he's going to be a top 12 guy. I don't know that I would go as far as top six. It's going to be a lot of David Johnson out of the backfield. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Those no, don't I'm, count. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying that he's going to have a big game also. I'll move into mine. I'm looking at the Sunday night game. It's not Patrick Mahomes. It's Jacoby Brissett. He's leading the league in touchdown passes. T.Y. Hilton has came back to practice today. It seems like they're leaning towards wanting to run him out there. And he gets to face the Kansas City defense. I think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And the Chiefs are going to put up points, so the Colts are going to have to put up points the other way. And I think he's shown that he has starting to become more accustomed to the offense. He looks a lot better. He looks like a top-12 guy. So I think he's starting to get the hang of being a starting quarterback. So you should get the hang of starting him this week at Kansas City. Yeah, I don't have any concern with with Brissett this week. My only concern would be the options that he has to throw to. Same thing with Kyler. I mean, I like I said, I think Ty's back, and I have him and Jared Goff in the league. I'm sitting Jared Goff, and I'm rolling with Brissett. I don't necessarily blame you. Uh, I I think Goff struggled a bit last week. Obviously, he had a lot of yards because of the game script. But uh, I mean, if if they can get back healthy with Hilton and Mac, I trust Brissett. It's just knowing how hard it is to play in Arrowhead. I, I mean, I, I th- I'm comfortable saying he's a high end, like, like about QB 15 this week. But I see what I know what you're saying. If if everyone's healthy, he can get up into that top ten. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move on to running backs here, Randy. Who's the first guy you're looking at? Uh, I went with Chris Thompson. I we we try and do not the obvious people. And I, I think he's the only Redskin you can trust this week. We're not even fully sure if McLaurin plays this week. And even if he does, he has one of the worst matchups in the league against Gilmore, who has just stifled everyone. So I, I would not play McLaurin at all. It's it's hard. And Thompson, even if it's Haskins, he is going to be almost the first read, which is sad to say. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not going to be – they're not going to be able to run with Peterson – if McLaurin's out, this may change for me because the Pats may key in on Thompson as their only guy. But right now, I think he's going to have at least seven or eight catches. Thompson has to be the only Redskin you're even thinking about starting this week. Possibly Trey Quinn, may, like as no, a gamble. No, no. Oh, I'm no. just, oh, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to give somebody. Shout out to Dan <laughs> just, in our dynasty league because I'm sure he's going to start Trey Quinn against me. I'm sure. Yeah, so I'll roll into my guy. Uh, The running back I chose was Ronald Jones. He has consistently been getting more work for the Buccaneers. He would have had a monster game last week. Uh, He had two big runs called back for penalties. The matchup isn't great. I get the perception of starting Ronald Jones against the Saints, who just shut Zeke down. Um, But I think that they're going to get him the work. I think that the game script might lead to a Ronald Jones touchdown this week. And I think that he's going to take a stranglehold on that running back position in Tampa Bay. I mean, you know how I feel about the Tampa Bay running backs, but if I was going to play one of the two, it would probably be Ronald Jones. Yeah. As long as this stays, and I don't think the saints have shown that they're going to blow anyone out. So it should stay at least a close game, no matter what. And in that regard, I, I would lean Ronald Jones over a lot of people. I think he's an RB two this week. I think the Buccaneers win this game. There's a shot. I yeah. really do. I mean, they look a lot better now that Winston has kind of settled down. 
My running back start of the week for week five, Leonard Fournette. He was an absolute beast last week, running for 225 yards on the road in Denver. Gardner Minshew has a knee injury that he's been nursing in practice this week, and they're on the road against Carolina. I think this is going to be a low-scoring game, and the Jags are going to try to win doing exactly what they did against Denver. Run the ball, run the ball, and run the ball. He's dominating the snap counts. He looks healthy for the first time in a couple years, and he should have a big game against that Panthers defense if the Jags want to have any shot to win this game. Yeah, I, I think I agree. I, I don't know a scenario in which you ever sit for that, but sure. Well, I guess you, you probably should have against the Titans, but I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I, I trust Fournette. Yeah, I'm scared because the Panthers are right now, I believe, a top five defense. They have like 14 sacks in the last couple weeks. Uh, I, I'm i scared of, at the matchup, but I trust Fournette more than anyone. I'm not quite sure about the passing work with Keekly, probably keying in on him, but I don't think Chark's going to be able to do much this week, so I think they're going to lean on Fournette heavy. Yeah, Christian. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move into wide receivers. Randy, who's your who's your guy? I went with Alshon Jeffrey. I think they have a good matchup this week. I don't think Deshaun Jackson's going to be playing. Even if he does, he's kind of a hit-or-miss type of guy anyways. Ertz should be covered by Jamal Adams. And I don't think the Eagles are going to be able to really run the ball this week that much. So he should be a high-end wide receiver, too, in my eyes. I think he had an okay game last week. He was kind of a target hog at a certain point there late in the game. I think Wentz is fully trusting him right now, and I expect big things this week. Yeah, I mean, plus the thing about Jeffrey is he's always got a shot to catch a touchdown pass with his size and, and the way the Eagles use him in the offense. I could easily see two touchdowns this week. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I'll roll into my wide receiver. It is Cortland Sutton. He's been outstanding all season. He's the wide receiver 14 in PPR. That's uh, crazy. I, I I know that's true. That's just weird to think about. I, it, yeah. it really is. It's, it's an emergence over the last three weeks. Yeah. Well, and what's crazy is they've sustained that with Emmanuel Sanders still having – good games like it, it's blowing on Joe Flacco I know that's what I'm saying but <laughs> but Sutton has been great he caught a couple touchdowns last week um the matchup this week with the Chargers isn't really scary to me at all they haven't been great against the pass um I think that him and Flacco have quite the connection established now but I think it's gonna just continue to establish I know that there have been trade rumors surrounding Emmanuel Sanders, which makes perfect sense for the Broncos. But if if that happens, I know it's not going to happen before the game this week, but if that happens, Sutton's got to be a must-start every single week. Yeah, I, I agree. But, uh, the Chargers have Hayward at corner, who's really good, but I believe he's going to stick with Sanders this week because that is their true wide receiver one. That's who they go to the most. I think he's going to be a little bit bottled up this week, and I think it gives Sutton a great chance. He's not going to be a target hog, but I could easily see six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown here. Yeah. Uh, hooked on a ceiling. That's right. My wide receiver started the week for week five, Adam Thielen. You hear it all the time. The squeaky wheel gets the grease, and Adam Thielen sure was a squeaky wheel after week four. 
He gets the matchup against rookie DeAndre Baker, uh, DeAndre Baker, excuse me. And the Giants secondary is the second worst in yards per pass, only behind the Dolphins. This game really feels like 100 yards and a touchdown on eight to 10 catches for Thielen. And I know I truly am feeling it for week five. Wow. Two parts wow. in one. Brutal. Oh, my God. <laughs> So, yeah, uh, I mean, I, I think I agree with that. Uh, we, we discussed it a little bit earlier. I think Thielen is going to have a, a good game. Um, I'm not going to start singing or making puns, but but it, it should be a good matchup for him. Yeah, uh, my only thing with the squeaky wheel theory is I feel like Diggs has been a squeaky wheel internally this week as well. Squeakier. Yeah, but he's a, he's yeah. a squeaky wheel that everybody on that team seems to hate. Yeah, I think with this kind of offensive production, someone's going to emerge this week. I think it might be telling to see what we get coming up. If if Diggs doesn't get the targets that Thielen does this week, we could see well, the trade yeah. coming soon because yeah. they don't throw the ball a lot and they have a lot of money tied up in Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen. Yeah, absolutely. Let's move into tight ends. Randy, who are you starting a tight end this week? I'm going to stick with Eric Ebron. I know Hilton has been coming back again. I'm not sure if he stays healthy the whole game. Even so, they need more than one person to throw to. I think this game's going to be heavy in the favor in the passing game of Hines, Hilton, and Ebron. And Ebron may have the best chance to score a touchdown on all of them. I think there's a couple, like Hawkinson's on bye this week. This is my favorite streaming option of the week. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. I think that... Um, I'm, I'm comfortable playing a lot of the Colts this week, including Naheem Hines. Um, but Ebron is that, that touchdown target. I think that like we discussed, I think last episode, if you had to choose between Ebron and Doyle, it's clearly going to be Ebron. And I think that that's going to be a, a good game for him this week. My tight end start of the week is Jimmy Graham. He looked like the best red zone target with Adams on the field last week. Um, he's sure to look like basically the only red zone target without him on the field this week. I think that the Dallas defense is going to shut down the wide receivers and Graham might get an uptick in targets. So even if he doesn't get that touchdown, I still think he's going to be valuable this week. Um, he is my favorite stream of the week. If you're tight end needy, I would definitely go snag him. Yeah, I touched on it earlier. I think he scores a touchdown. And you can't say that a lot about or about a lot of the tight ends that you're running out there each week. So absolutely. My guy for week five is Tyler Eifert. This isn't a nod to the Bengals offense, Christian, trust me. But this is more of a nod to how bad or the fact that the Cardinals don't have covering tight ends in any of their defensive game plans. I mean, you've seen it every week. If it's Hawkinson, if it's Will Disley last week. Really, anybody that has been run out there through the first four weeks has a great game against that Cardinals defense. I don't think it stops this week, especially if this is going to be a high-scoring game like we talked about. Eifert does look healthy, and I think he's good enough to take advantage of that great matchup. So I think Eifert is a good start, good one-week streamer going against the Cardinals. See, that's... As much as I, I'm on the Andy Dalton train, I actually disagree with you here because of what I saw in the Monday night matchup, which was Eifert was on the bench for two tight end sets at times, which is not something that you'd ever think you'd see. But, I mean, they, they threw out Uzama and Drew Sample 
in some two tight end sets. And I worry that they're going to start leaning on either one of those two, because I think sample has looked good in his time out there. He hasn't really been targeted and, and he's not really getting the work that you would want. But if he does start to get that, this would be the week. And I, I, I'm just a little hesitant to throw Eifert out there. I, I agree. I like, obviously I said earlier, I think Eifert's a good spot start here, but that's mainly just, hoping that the Bengals can look at a matchup and see where the weaknesses is. If they can't do that, then they're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the way that ran together was kind of funny. So that'll do it for our starts of the week for week five. Let's get into our sits guys that we don't like the matchups. We think if you have another option, you should definitely look at them. Randy, who's your first guy? Terry McLaurin talked about it earlier. Yes. Gilmore on him. I'm really happy he's back. I wanted to play him last week, obviously, but we're not quite sure who the QB is yet. We assume it's Haskins, but we don't know. And I just don't think he's going to be able to do much. I mean, obviously he's going to get some catches because he's their pretty much lone target, but I just don't expect anything from him this week. Yeah, again, Chris Thompson is the only guy I think you want to start on the Redskins, and even that I'm kind of scared. My guy is Tyrell Williams. This is a London game, and it's against the Bears defense. I think Chicago is going to want to run the ball a ton, making, and I think they're going to be leading for most of it. So they're going to try to control the, the time of possession. And just nothing makes me feel good about this game. And he's starting any player really in the Bears game other than David Montgomery. And I think they're going to be coming at Carr in full force. So I don't see a scenario where Tyrell Williams catches a touchdown like he has through the first four weeks. So I would definitely look for another option. Real quick, are you starting David Montgomery as an RB2 or a flex? No, it's more of a flex. Okay. I, I am actually starting Montgomery in a league in a flex spot, and that's the only way I feel comfortable with really anybody other than the Bears defense in this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, like, how William, uh, I like how Montgomery's been playing – like I've said multiple times, that's the only part of the Raiders' defense that's any good as the rush defense. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I flipped the script and we started talking about the wrong guy. Tyrell Williams, <laughs> definitely don't start him. Yeah, um, he's, been, he's been banged up anyways. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I'll roll into my guy. It is Sony Michelle. He just doesn't look good to me. Um, I just <laughs> I do not want to have any shares of Sony Wait, Michelle. Wait, hold the phone. You don't think we should play Sonny Michelle? Randy, this is breaking news. Well, the thing is, is it's a plus matchup. But the the other thing is, is that he's been in plus matchups every single week that he's rolled out there. So I just, I don't know why this week would be any different. I hope I'm wrong for the sake of Sonny Michelle and for the sake of you guys telling me I'm wrong. But, <laughs> but. You're I, like that's a one-time thing. Well. <laughs> it, it happens a lot, and I'm not always wrong. Um, Sony Michelle, if he has a good game, good on him. I would not slide him into my lineup just based on the first four weeks. It's, it's. I will say it's fair to not feel comfortable after watching him produce the first four weeks. And if you have another option, I can understand going that route. He's a bum. So I'll go ahead and give my next guy. It is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. While he does look to take a ton of work now that Devontae Adams is out, he's facing a tough Dallas secondary that's likely going to give Rodgers some, some problems. I think that out of the two receivers there between MVS and Allison, I think that Allison has to be the play. I think that 
the Dallas secondary is going to key in on MBS. I, I will say I would rather have MBS season long, but I just don't feel comfortable starting him this week. I know I'm actually being forced to in my dynasty league. It's either him or uh, Robbie Anderson. So, I mean, worst of the worst, it doesn't matter who I choose. They're both going to suck. So um, I, I hope not, but I, I'm not comfortable starting MBS this week. Yeah, that's fair. My guys, it's kind of a two-piece here. I'm going to say it's Matt Breida and Raheem Mostert. I'm on the Tevin Coleman train, and I think he comes back this week. He did practice on Thursday. But regardless, the Browns' defense hasn't been anything to joke about through the first four weeks. They've held their opponents to 84, 68, 43, and 71 rushing yards. Uh, and that was the Henry, Bell, Gurley, and Mark Ingram. I don't see him, any of those guys having much production if this is a three-man backfield, if they're trying to work Coleman in. And I think they could be playing some catch-up because I personally think that the Browns' offense plays well and that the Browns are leading. So I think it's going to be throwing and it's going to be more Coleman in that aspect. So I would probably fade both Mostert and Brita for week five. Yeah, I can't really blame you there. <laughs> uh, just a quick question with that. Uh, obviously, we think the Browns' rush defense is good. Are you comfortable starting any San Fran receiver? Not yet. Maybe yeah. Pettis as the next couple weeks go by, but it's it's hard to trust any of them right now. I think yeah. you've got to give Debo a look too. They're coming off the bye. That seems to be the time where rookies kind of explode. Um, so I think that that might be a flex play, but I, I'm not comfortable advising people to do that. And the Browns' backup secondary has been really good, plus they're getting Burnett back most likely, and Ward or Williams could come back too. Hopefully both. Yeah. We'll see. All right, well, moving into my last guy, Josh Jacobs. I know on here I talk a lot about how much I like Jacobs, especially for the future, but this is just the worst matchup possible. It's in London, so you have to travel all that way, and you have to go up against the Bears defense who just stifled Dalvin Cook, who's the best running back statistically in the league this year, running. Yeah, I, <laughs> he has just a sliver of a chance to be an RB2 if he can somehow get a touchdown. But I, I think it's more likely he doesn't get much passing work and he gets a total of 40 or 50 yards. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I think that Jalen Rashard is going to be on the field a lot of this game, which you don't feel comfortable starting Jacobs if you think that's going to be the case. So, Yeah, this, this could be the week that shows us that they're willing to use Jacobs in the passing game, which I hope, but even then – his ceiling is at best a flex, in my opinion. Yeah, that game just scares me, man. I know you're tired. I know you're hurting. And I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational. But that just wouldn't be our style. Pain heals. Chicks dig scars. Glory. So my Shane Falco of the week, for those of you that missed the, the first episode that I did this in, it's going to be a replacement. So anyone that is filling in for injury um, is, is eligible for this. I think last time I picked Mason Rudolph, I was terribly incorrect. The guy looked awful that week. Um, he's starting to look better, though, so good on me. My Shane Falco of the week this week is going to be Auden Tate. He's got a great matchup against a terrible secondary and he has sustained some level of production already. 
I think that he's going to step into John Ross's role, who just went on IR. I think he's going to do it quite nicely, and I think he provides a solid week for fantasy. I think that he's going to have over 10 points this week, and I'm going to guarantee that. I will pass it over to Sean for his suit-ups of the week. Suit-up. Suit-up! You suited up. Snow suit-up. Flight suit-up. Penguin suited up. Suit-up! You suited up. Birthday suiting up. Slut up. Suit up. Suit up. Suit it up. Suit up. Suit up. Space suit up. So my suit-ups of the week for week five, I'm going to be looking at three guys here. The first one, we talked about him a little bit ago. It's Michael Gallup with a knee injury. He was limited in practice yesterday. He was limited in practice today, which is Thursday. But he's still expected to play in week five. He said yesterday that he hasn't run at full speed yet, but the doctors told him that he's good to go. I think he plays this week. But as we talked about earlier, it's really hard to trust him against a decent Packers secondary coming off a multi-week absence. I would probably sit him for this week, but you're good to roll him out next week going forward as long as there's no setbacks. Next guy I'm looking at is Marlon Mack with an ankle injury. Didn't practice Wednesday, sat off to the side again today. Uh, I think he gets in a limited section, limited session tomorrow, and I do think he plays. They kind of did the same thing when he was suffering that calf injury after week one. He did play in week two. I, If I were you and you're a Marlon Mack owner, I would go grab Jordan Wilkins because that way you can wait until the Sunday night game and if Mac doesn't play, Jordan Wilkins is probably the running back you want to start because he's going to get a lot of the early down work. The last guy, again, we talked about it earlier, Jarvis Landry in the concussion protocol, still in it as of Thursday, has an extra day to rest going into the Monday night game. I think he goes. The problem is with him playing Monday night, it's hard to take that risk. Keep an eye on what Saturday's practice and if you hear anything Sunday morning because you can be ready to pivot to someone that plays Sunday. So that'll do it for this episode of The Cut. One last thing we'd like to talk about is the Fantasy Voices podcast. It's a spinoff of the Voice of the Land podcast hosted by our good buddy in front of the show, Kevin Arnold and Nick Paulus. You'll hear the guys talk about their own fantasy experiences in various leagues and give start and sit advice. Subscribe to them on Spotify as well as Apple and Google Podcasts and follow them on Twitter at BTL underscore pod. Boys, you guys have got anything left here? No, I'm, I'm excited to go watch this Thursday night matchup, like I said in the opening. Um, it's about... It's close to kickoff. Yeah, it's, it's 8 o'clock right now. So by the time you, you'll listen to this, the game will have already been over, and it could have been a, a shit game. So We can see the future. <laughs> Bolster Davos over here again. Uh, Randy, no, you got anything? No, I'm excited. Excited for this week. Uh, hopefully I don't have to do homework all day Sunday again, so I can just focus on this. <laughs> and real quick, we'll hope to get a, a DFS episode out this week. Um, I do know that I have a, a huge uh, final paper for my class, and Randy uh, said that he has homework. So uh, we'll do our best to get that out to you. Um, we will still tweet out a lineup, even if we don't have a chance to record the pod. Yep, absolutely. Hopefully those guys can win you some money this week. As always, follow us on Twitter, at the Cut FFL. If you'd like to support the podcast, shoot us an email at officialcutpod at gmail.com. Good luck this week. Go win all your matchups. For Christian Williams, Randy Hall, I'm Sean Ward. We'll see you week six. We gone.